1: What's going on Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Guys, the Colts win in one of the ugliest ways possible in a 12 to 9 win over the Denver Broncos in Mile High City. Cody, I mean, there's I don't think our attitude has really changed much about this team even after this win. Uh, but needless to say, uh, at least we can come out of this with saying there's a few things that we can take uh, away from this. And let's just start with the simple fact that I think it's safe to say Chase McLaughlin was the right decision here.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect tonight. What was it? Four for four yep. tonight for Chase um, hit from about everywhere. You know, hit a couple 50 yarders, hit a 48 yarder. The last one uh, th- that ultimately was the game decider. And then, yeah, hit a little bit of a shorter one. So Chase McLaughlin's looked great. He's really had only one kick last week in, against Tennessee. Other than that, he's been virtually perfect. So, yeah, Chase McLaughlin was the right choice. Very glad the Colts decided to move on from Rodrigo Blankenship because now their kicker is not costing them games anymore, right? And I would feel confident. And sometimes you're going to have, ga- you know, when you have games like this where it's low scoring. You need a consistent kicker, and I'm glad that the Colts at least found that in McLaughlin, and definitely a bright spot. And, and now kickers, a, a, something I don't really have a concern about, you know, moving forward this season. So that, that that's one good thing, I guess, to to cross off the list amongst a lot of troubling things with this team.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it definitely was the game decider. I mean, thank God, like you said, to have a kicker that you know was perfect. I mean, every single kick was through the upright, made it look easy. I mean, even in those, even in those 50 yarders was nailing them with what could have been 60 yarders had he just and he made that look so easy. So great to see that. Uh special teams not costing you games. Uh Matt Hawk, you know, was really getting his pay today. You know, eight eight punts on the day. Um, so good job by Matt Hawk. Uh but if, I think the other thing, I think we can say, Cody, that. Stephon Gilmore is him, dude. Bunch yes, of really so. great plays today. Really showing why he was uh, a good decision by the Indianapolis Colts to sign him over the offseason. Uh, has, you know, now won the Colts two games in the most pivotal of moments when the game was on the line and making big plays that led to either turnovers or turnover on downs. I mean, Stephon Gilmore, man, he still got it.
2: He's still got it. Yeah. He had the interception that changed the tide in that game, right? Because, you know, you all thought, we all thought, okay, Denver's going to go down. That point, the Colts were down. I think it was nine to six. So Denver would have gone down and you had to score a touchdown at that point or you weren't going to win. And then, you know, Russell Wilson, you know, drops back and Gilmore reads him and, you know, changes that game completely. So, yeah, Stephon Gilmore, and then obviously had in the overtime the fourth down breakup as well. Yes, it was a great decision to bring in, and the defense came to play today, man, in, yes. uh, in every capacity. That defense looked really, really good um, in all aspects today, and uh, I, I was really encouraged with what they did. Um, had a few kind of times where they struggled against some screen passes, but really other than that, I felt like the corners and safeties played exceptionally well. Shout out to uh, the rookie, our rookie safety, uh, Rodney Thomas, for his first career interception tonight on prime time. So great to see him. He should have had two. Tonight, but he he has three,
1: man. He almost had three in that game. I mean, he was everywhere. It was kind of like his George Odom game from the Bills last season. You remember that one, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. He looked, uh, looked really good. Uh, I'm excited to see what he continues to look like when Julian Blackman comes back. Cause I think he's earned a role somewhere in this defense. I don't know where that is exactly, but I definitely think he deserves a look somewhere. He needs to be on the field or at least get a significant amount of snaps in this defense because he's proved he's, he's definitely a, an asset to this defense and we didn't think he would be, we didn't know what his role would be, right? Cause he's a seventh round pick. Typically those guys don't see the field and play as much as he had, but you know, because of some injuries, he's kind of been forced into the lineup. And I feel like when he's been, you know, forced to play, he's looked really, really good.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we've been talking a lot of crap about, uh, the regime and talking about Ballard and his inability to sometimes make big decisions. I mean, one thing that we constantly overlook is his ability to make good draft picks late in in the draft. Right. I mean, it it seems like every year the Colts draft somebody in the fifth, sixth or seventh round that end up being key contributors to this team in some way. So, I mean, it's fantastic that you know, we found another guy in the seventh round who's playing the way that he is. Uh, very fantastic. You mentioned it. The defense today made it very difficult for the uh, Denver Broncos. Again, Denver Broncos offensively have been terrible all year. Uh, I mean, they were the third worst offense in the league coming into this game, and it's it showed why. But, I mean, at least the Colts' defense did what it was supposed to do, which was shut down a bad offense, right? Exactly. And that's what – and they did their job. They got pressure on Russell Wilson. Uh, they – they, except for like late in the game when they were getting – they were getting absolutely destroyed because they were gassed, they were stopping the run, you know? So, I mean, it, it, all in all, defense in totality, fantastic job today, despite missing all of those pieces, and especially Quiddy Pay at the end of the game – I mean, you were missing so many guys, Cody, but yet they somehow found a way to get it moving.
2: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. The defense—they held their own. They, you know, they won this game for this team. Let's not, you know, like they definitely were the reason this team won. Like, there's no question about it. Like, this defense did their part and then some for this team. And I want to give a shout out to a couple defensive linemen that I thought really stood out today. Uh, talking about the force Buckner, he made his presence felt throughout this game. Get a sack and a half, so he was he was everywhere. You know, batting down passes, making plays, getting after Russell Wilson all day. Um, and then also shout out to Dayo Adangbo, who also had uh, a sack as well tonight. Um, and then also want to talk about Yanni Kingakwe, who had a couple sacks too. Um, all these guys, I thought, did a fantastic job off the edge, and the defensive line really started to round into shape a little bit more. With missing Taekwon Lewis and then missing Quiddy Pay at the end of that game. Um, really felt like the defensive line came to play today as well.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and especially in key moments, too, you know, when it when it seemed like all hope was lost. I mean, you know, especially when we were talking about it when Cortland Sutton and Washington both caught that stupid ball in the middle of the field for that 50-yard gain where Rodney Thomas got tripped by the ref. You know, yeah. we thought that, oh, no, this could be the moment where, you know, we might see this team fumble, right? Like we might see them start to falter a little bit because of something not going their way. But this shows the resolve of this defense. It shows the, some of what the playmaker's mindsets is about on the defensive side of the ball, that even in moments where it feels like they're down, they just never quite give up. And it seems like the defense has finally caught its mojo it finally feels like it's it's figured out its identity a little bit, and it's great to see them starting to figure it out a little bit. But then we go to the other side of the ball, which has still not oh. found its identity. This offense looked atrocious uh, so all throughout the entire game, except for the fourth quarter, and mm-hmm. even then they still couldn't score. And almost, and you know, would have, and had they not, you know, had to delay a game in the in the fourth qu- in overtime when they could have went and got or in the fourth quarter actually when they're at the 6 yard line and could have had a chance to to get a score there before the game was over you get a delay a game and then it ends up costing you i mean this offense cody from top to bottom offensively like the offensive line We saw them make adjustments, right? Before the game, they put Bernard Ryman at left tackle. They put Matt Pryor at right tackle and moved Braden Smith to right guard. Uh, That didn't work. Matt Pryor sucked worse than ever at right tackle. Bernard Ryman had four penalties on him in that game. Uh, Braden Smith and Matt Pryor were not communicating well on the right guard, right tackle spot, and sacks kept happening uh Matt Ryan was sacked 6 times in this game. Matt Ryan had three t- uh th- almost three turnovers and it it this offense is so frustrating to look at Cody. Th- they said this is all-time Colts bad offensively right now. This this is bad bad.
2: Yes. Very bad, historically bad. The Colts tonight, Derek, in this game, it's it's a wild stat. They punted more times in this game than they've had offensive touchdowns the entire season. That's how bad it's been.
1: And also, by the way, folks, uh, we mentioned this on the stream. We punted eight times today. The Bills have punted seven times all season. So think about that for a hot second.
2: There ain't no way this team's going anywhere unless this offense figures it out. There's no way. Absolutely no way. And, you know, you can, you know, blame, you know, put the blame on a lot of things. A so player's not executing, right? Chris Ballard seemingly neglecting the tackle position at left tackle. So now you're in a situation where you're playing the third-round rookie. First time. He struggled, you know, against Bradley Chubb, who's one of the best pass rushers in the league, you know, and, you know, just didn't address some positions that he really needed to address, and, and also the head coach. Like, what the heck? There was like five or six times in this game where the Colts were, you know, second down they run it, they get two yards, and it's third down and seven or longer. It, it's, it never fails. And what's with these dumb screens? It, like sometimes these screens they, they never work with the Colts. They never work with the Colts, dude. <laughs> and we said it on stream, Derek. We said it on stream. The Colts on the on their last offensive drive, they gave a screen to Paris Campbell, and what happened? He gave like fifteen yards, and we're like, those are the kind of screens you need to do. Like what? Where? Why is he still not being involved? When he gets the ball in his hands, and is dangerous.
1: People want to keep yelling at me about like Paris Campbell doesn't get used. He's trash. Like he's not getting used because they don't target him, man. They don't target him till the end of the game when it's when the game is in doubt. Like if you got him involved earlier in the games, you might see some explosive plays happen. Like. There's exactly. very few times that Paris Campbell has not touched the ball this year where you've not gotten not only positive yards, but big yardage. But yet somehow, some way, they never want to get this guy involved. Never. Never. and Never, I mean, ever. Yeah, you keep going. I'm sorry.
2: No, you're fine. Uh, no, but just, you know, it's just like, why are we not getting some of these guys involved until late? You know, Naheem Hines, unfortunately, got hurt, but you never get him involved until late. Um, and then when you do get him involved, he gets hurt. It's just like, oh, it just sucked. Yeah, sucked. sucked. Got
1: the ball three times uh, on yeah. that first drive, and then unfortunately, just so, got clocked. So. so you
2: were very short-handed tonight at the running back position. You had Philip Lindsay and you had Deion Jackson, who I thought both looked pretty good, yes. all things considered. Um, but saying that, you know, your offense was just anemic tonight. Like, you know, it was just like, you would have a good play, then you'd have a holding penalty, or you know you would do something, and then Matt Ryan would take a sack. It's just like it's just dumb, dumb things. And the dumb thing is, Derek. Like I still like like I said last week, I felt like your tight ends when you targeted them and your wide receivers looked good tonight again, but you're you don't score an offensive touchdown because of the reoccurring issues of offensive line is trash at pass protection, especially. And Matt Ryan holds onto the ball too long, doesn't get rid of it, and fumbles the football and turns it over. He had two abysmal interceptions tonight. Like he, it's not. I don't blame that on the offensive line. I blame that on Matt Ryan. Yeah, he had two times where he just completely. The first time threw into like triple quadruple coverage <laughs> for I don't know what he's looking at, and then the second time he just didn't see the defender there, and it's like, what the heck? Like just you know, it's just like not smart football. The Colts continue to lose the turnover battle
1: horrendously. You know, six touchdowns, folks, in five games. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Really, really really bad. I I don't know what to explain. And the crazy part is, Cody. Like, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off there. Um, I I thought you were stopped, and because you were dead on my screen for a second. But oh, yeah, um, you're good. But like you said it just now, and I'll reiterate the point. Like everything except. Play calling, offensive line, and Matt Ryan. The receivers, the tight ends, the running backs, all doing their damn job. Everyone else, offensive line, Matt Ryan, play calling from the coaches, not doing their job. It's amazing to think that what this team can accomplish, have this offensive line not be historically bad. Like this team it, like guys, Matt Ryan has been sacked more times through five games than Phillip Rivers did all of 2020. Five games! Five! They have they have 70% of the season still left to go
2: yeah <laughs>
1: like it's think bad. how bad that is like it's historically yeah. bad. This is laughably bad like it, like it's to the point where like if it was a high school team, Cody, every single one of them be kicked off the team or benched like Absolutely. literally that's what it would be like if it wasn't for the fact that you were paying these guys eighty million freaking dollars, man. like it's ridiculous yeah. and shout out to Alec Pierce. Shout out to Big Al making plays at the end of that game that changed the dynamic when Matt Ryan couldn't throw the football and when the offensive line couldn't protect him. Alec Pierce made three catches in the late part of that game that kept the Colts alive. That pick There was an almost near pick. That one in the fourth quarter when Bradley Chubb got a hand on Matt Ryan and that ball's just flapping up in the air and that corner should have picked that off. Alec Pierce with the biggest catches of the night. Your Mm -hmm. rookie receiver, who in the first week we were dragging that boy. We were dragging him for what he did. And these last two or three weeks, he's been the best receiver on the team. He's been the yep. best receiver on the team through the last yep. three weeks. And it's been phenomenal to watch. Couldn't imagine what this team could be had we actually be able to block and actually throw the ball accurately.
2: Yeah. Well, something else that just baffles me, Derek, that this offense does is one week they look real like they target guys and they go off, right? Last week the tight ends were unstoppable. This week, between Mo'Ally Cox, Kylan Granson, Jelani Woods, they had, in total, this is not even a joke. It's, it's just wild to me. They had five targets for one catch. What? Five targets the whole game for one catch. Oh, that was my God.
1: Are you kidding me? No. I didn't even think it was that bad. I thought Kylan had at least three.
2: Kylan had one.
1: And the one, one target he had, it was a 20-yard gain. He had three targets. He had one catch in this game. Now, I'll give it credit to this. Uh, I'll give uh acknowledgement. Kylan did drop one pass. So, yeah. you know, you can't okay. you can't do that. Well, but, yeah. Of course. But, like, when
2: Where the heck is Jelani? Mo had 100 yards. Where are these guys? Why yeah, are we're... they not being utilized? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Frank Reich's it's the weird. dumbest it's
2: weird that person I've ever get seen. Him involved. I don't understand Frank Reich. I really don't understand. I think this. I think a lot of people. I think he's. He, a lot of people consider him an offensive genius. I don't consider him that. No. At all. I think he's an idiot. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think he knows how to scheme up an offense. It's I bad. Look at the
1: stats he can. Because I want to see. I want to see the uh, the rushing. Because. Yeah. Dude, isn't it? Isn't it unbelievable? It's unbelievable to me. And guess what? Guess another thing, Cody. We had 102 yards rushing today or 105 yards rushing today on 26 carries. Why is it we could not run the football against the Chiefs, the Jags, the Titans for even 75 yards with Jonathan Taylor? But yet somehow someway, you run for 100 yards with Deion Jackson and Philip Lindsay.
2: It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> like, I don't You, you I can't tell
1: me Deion Jackson and Philip Lindsay are better than Jonathan Taylor. It's just not true. So, right.
2: what
1: like what is it? Is it is it blocking scheme? Like is it is it because they did something different? You can't tell me the offensive line did a better job blocking today because they didn't. I mean, it's it's incredible to think that they continue to, like, it, it shows you right there that it's the coaching altogether because for some reason, one week you can't run it for 70 yards. Then the next week, against a defense that is just as bad, you ran for over 100 with worse players. Like, yeah.
2: You didn't have Ryan Kelly for a lot of this game either.
1: Yeah. You had your backups in, and you had guys in different positions all game.
2: It's so baffling how this team is just like that. Like how this it offense is I can't even put into it. It's just weird. And Derek, the reason the Colts have even two wins on their on their record right now has zero to do with the offense, completely 100% because the defense and the special teams has balled out two you know two weeks. And you you know the reason why they have losses is cuz the defense has also balled out but the offense has been even worse, you know, which is crazy to think about, but the offense, you know, the defense has been not as good as they were tonight, but they've still been good enough to win the game. Right. But here we are, man, here we are at two, two, and one. I don't know how the heck we're at two, two, and one, but here we are. And it has zero to do with this offense.
1: The Colts Absolutely have nearly. played against Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, Trevor Lawrence, and Davis Mills. The two wins came off of Mahomes and Wilson. And people are just like, make it make sense.
2: It doesn't make sense. It doesn't ever make sense. That is why it has to be coaching. You're right. It has to be coaching because this team is a different team every single week. I don't understand this team. This team has no
1: identity. And for once, I'm in agreement with Luke Diamond on what he's saying here. Uh, Fire Reich, make Bubba the head uh, interim head coach and start Ellinger week six. (laughs) <laughs> can't do much worse in it your offense. It can't be any worse offensively. You're historically bad. Yeah. Like, you're historically bad. It, like, it makes no sense to keep doing what you're doing right now. It makes no sense. It's, and it's not going to get better by strategically playing different. It's, it's not. It's just not. It, you're so bad to the point where not even fixing how you play is going to be bad. Or make it better. It's you're just still bad. I mean, what are they averaging right now? Thirteen points, twelve points a game.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's somewhere around there. It's like thirteen four because they were like fourteen something per game or something like that. I think it's like thirteen
1: now because they just had twelve.
2: Didn't help themselves in that department. That's for sure. But somehow, some way, man, uh, the Colts. have a winning record technically they don't have a losing record i guess um so they got, that's a, they got it, an even know. record <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know what you even call that but uh but all that to say i mean if you had a competent kicker week one you could have a winning record right now which is just madness to me yeah
1: yeah but here we are that, we'd be we'd be three yeah we'd be three and two right now
2: yeah so yeah, it's very obvious. I know you made a video about it earlier this week. The Colts need to find their franchise quarterback. The defense is doing their part. The offense just isn't. They need, new, they need something different on offense.
1: It's terrible, man. It sucks. It really sucks. Because it's just like, if, if this if this offense was even semi-competent, semi-competent, this te- we'd, be, we'd be three and we'd be maybe four and one. Right now, like the only loss we would have is against the Jags. I mean, seriously, we'd be 4-1 if this offense was semi-competent. But like we got one defense that's really good. We got a defense that's playing really well right now, despite all the injuries, despite the issues with Gus Bradley and the personnel decisions, a defense that is showing grit. And then you have an offense that has... Like This offensive line might go down as the worst offensive line in the history of the NFL by the end of the year. And think about where what that is, Cody. This offensive line was the best offensive line two years ago. Two yeah. years ago. They went from the best offensive line in football to maybe about to be the worst offensive line in the history of the NFL. What? <laughs> Like, what? what is well,
2: well, obviously, you lost some guys. You lost Costanzo. You lost Glowinski. But still, to go from the best to the worst, that's a coaching issue. The ta- There's still talent there. There's still you know? talent. So it's weird. I don't understand it. Um, I just think Chris Strausser should never, ever uh, set foot back in Indianapolis after this season. He shouldn't
1: even be allowed back in the building this week.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Heck, let's run the wildcat at this point so we don't take all these sacks. I don't know what to do. But <laughs> I, I, I don't <laughs> know how much more there is to say because I feel like we said it all. We've got our time. Stephon stuff.
1: Gilmore on Prime said, he kept trying me, so I made him pay. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that man, dude. I, I love yes. Stephon Gilmore.
2: Yes. He was a great, great signing by Ballard. We'll give him credit. Props where it's due, you know?
1: Yeah. And you know, like that's, that's the the thing, right? I mean, it's, he has made and it's just, it's really hard for me to sit back here and then tell me that like, of course, like when there's going to be a decision that needs to be made at some point with the GM, but like he's made enough position changes to me to at least say that this team should be competent. I think yeah. the problem we're having right now is just the fact that, you know, the defensive side of the ball, some guys that he's brought in are stepping up now. Like they're now figuring it out, but this offense historically is just bad. And I'm just thinking to myself, like it has to be coaching. It has to be because other than Bernard Ryman, right? Every single one of these guys has played in the system before. And none of them looked this bad before. So like, it has to be coaching, right? Like you make that, you would make that assessment, right?
2: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think that's been the main issue for years has been the coaching or the lack thereof. Um, You know, the team's never prepared. They take forever. And obviously part of that is in due to new quarterback every year. That's going to happen. Now he minds have said as much, but that being said, um, there's still no reason why this team should start off that slow. Like there just is no reason why they should. And there's no reason why guys who were really good at their positions a couple years ago are now performing like some of the worst starters in the NFL. There's no reason for that. That should not be the case. So, yeah, I do think it's a coaching issue for sure um, on the offensive side because, yeah, it, it's bad. It's really bad. Um but yeah, I don't know what else to say, man, about this offense. I don't really want to talk about this offense, we'll be honest.
1: I mean, let's okay. So let's deviate from. Let's end this video by saying some good things about the offense because there is a few. Okay, despite how historically bad this offensive line might end up being, and what Matt Ryan is incapable of doing at times, and despite the bsery of Frank Reich's play calling. These players, like these wideouts and these tight ends, they are busting their ass to play for this team right now. And they are just not getting the respect they deserve. Despite everything else going on, Alec Pierce, who got his name dragged through the dang mud week one, right? Having one of the worst starts for a guy in his career, a way you would never want your career to start, and then getting a concussion, not playing week two. Ever since then he's been the best wide receiver we've gotten. He's been better than Pittman. And of course, that's not a drag on Pittman. Pittman has not been, uh, I don't know if Pittman's just not been as involved in the offense or just is getting guarded by better players and is getting, you know, because he was put on Sertan for the majority of this game. It's kind of hard to get Michael Pittman involved in that way. And especially when the offensive line is so bad, it's hard to get somebody involved like that. But, I mean, Alec Pierce, I mean, come on. Alec Pierce has been stat-wise doing just as good, if not better, than Pittman. And he's been making the grit plays. And Michael Pittman's been doing what's needed to be done. And then when, when Paris Campbell actually gets the damn ball, he actually does something with it, which pisses me off so much that they don't get him involved in more ways in this offense. And then, like you said, with the tight ends, the, the stupidity, to only target your tight ends five times in this game that's a travesty absolute travesty that unit provided you 200 yards of offense the previous game and you allowed them to get you allowed them to get 20 yards this game like it's it's an utter travesty these skill position guys are trying their damnedest to make this team better and the rest of the team's just not and shout out to Jackson and Lindsay today. I mean, they came in on a short week, not ex- knowing what to expect, and they provided some life. They provided some heart. They provided some grit. And just, it's saddening that I keep using that word, but yet the rest of the team just doesn't seem to figure that out.
2: No, it doesn't look like half the time Matt Pryor's even trying. I'm going to be honest. like It looks, he's slow off the ball, doesn't even look like he's going full speed. And he just gets, like, he doesn't even sometimes even touch the pass rusher. He's not even trying to slow him down. You know, at least with Ryman, he's trying. It doesn't look like Pryor's even trying sometimes. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's sad. Um, And, you know, you say he can't get much worse, but he was actually worse than he's been at left tackle. Yeah, I know. Which is huge. I, I don't know how that's possible. Well, And it's crazy, Derek, because this guy... Last year, he came in and he played great football for the Colts at right tackle. So what else could it be except for coaching? You know what I mean? Like, how could you have the same personnel as last year? And, and it looks like a
1: thousand times worse. It, a how? thousand times worse. How? That, I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. I don't know. It goes it goes all of them. Ryan Kelly's been shit all year. Uh Danny Pinter's not been good. Uh Braden Smith's not been good. Quentin Nelson's not been great. And of course, whoever we put at left tackle, they're just not good.
2: <laughs> it's,
3: yeah. it's
1: terrible. I, I don't understand. And like, and, and the crazy part is, is like these guys are like Nelson, Braden, and Kelly, right? Guys who have been in the league for four, five years, right? You expect better from them. Absolutely. And guys who have been at the best of the best. Yep. Like in 2020, Braden Smith did not allow one sack all year long on 500 passing snaps. Quentin Nelson, in the previous three years of his career, has only allowed three sacks. Ryan Kelly, I don't care what PFF says about not giving up sacks. Just because you're not giving up sacks does not mean you're not doing your job right, that you're doing your job right. Ryan Kelly has not looked the same. And he did give up a sack today. Uh, And then, and like you said, Matt Pryor, who played right tackle last year, who looked really good with Carson Wentz on that side and for some reason he looked even worse as a right tackle than he did as a left tackle and that's that's bad to say very very bad to say i don't that's not coaching cody that's just guys having a little bit of self-respect and some damn pride i mean <laughs> i don't know did they get soft after they like thought that you know they got paid they did start getting soft i have no idea but I mean, this isn't, this isn't just coaching. This is players just not having accountability and not taking pride in themselves. This is different. This is so bad. And,
2: and I guess the silver lining is it can't get much worse, so you can only go up from here, hopefully, right? Um, but, yeah, it, it was historically bad tonight for offense. And, fortunately, the defense saved the day, or the Colts could be uh, really spiraling out of control right now. And... um We'll see, man, if they can clean it up. I don't have any really confidence in that, especially in the offensive line for how they've looked through five weeks. They've looked bad, like beyond bad. So, yeah, uh, there's not much else to say. I don't want to waste my breath on this pathetic excuse for an offense. Uh, So I think we'll just end it here unless you have anything else.
1: KJ Hamler uh, talked at the end of the game, said uh, on the final play, I could have walked in. Wow. He was so wide open that he could have walked in. Really? Yep. It's.
2: You want to hear what Frank Reich said?
1: I saw it. I which, saw it. Which, which part? Oh, the one where he said, you know, we'll figure out the offense, but we played well enough to win tonight.
2: That is total BS, Frank. And you know that's Bro, total Bro,
1: the fact that he would even say that. Like, no, you didn't play well. No, say your defense and your special teams played well enough to play tonight, to win tonight.
0: Gosh,
2: yeah, that's unbelievable. And fans aren't buying it, like, nobody is buying this. So, whatever, let Frank talk his little talk. Can't wait till he's out of the building. I'm serious. I'm so done with him. Like, it's beyond, like, there's nothing, in my opinion, he can do to make me want to keep him, unless he wins the Super Bowl, of course. But yeah, it's bad, man very bad but we've talked about it enough let's get to bed we're know we're both tired yeah <laughs> all right
1: so. well i hope y'all enjoyed this uh i mean you know you try to take the positives out of these wins and you know there there definitely is some positives with this team it's just unfortunate that there are polar opposites on this team right now and it sucks cuz the defense and the, the special teams is pulling all the weight and and you know, it's it's the coaching and the offensive line and the quarterback that is killing this team. And that's the sad part is that the three pieces that are needed to win games are the weakest links on this team right now. So that's gonna do it for this one, guys. Let us know your thoughts of this. Thank you so much for the support. And as always, guys, go Colts. What's going on, everyone? Just wanted to take a quick moment to talk with you about odds trader. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sport books to get the best deal possible. Odds Trader allows you to make bets on almost every major sport. Some of the cool features that I enjoy about Odds Trader is the handicapping options they provide. You get live play-by-play updates. You get live scores and bet tracking on everything that you're doing on the app. Player statistics, key game statistics, you even get projected game day weather reports as well and the, another great thing about odds trader is you get bet tracker which allows you to keep records of all your games and betting activities while you're on the site i mean how cool is that if this is something that sounds like it intrigues you make sure to go to oddstrader.com/bluewire odds trader the number one site for all your game day bets